Hey, hey, you people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. So... Do you guys watch WandaVision? I didn't. I mean, I'm, I said fuck it. <laughs> I just don't want the story to end, so I'm not going to watch the last. Gotta watch BBS. Okay, so here's a, here's something I really loved. Uh, I touched upon it before earlier, but I really loved this element of it. I really loved the fact that the showdown between the two visions, you know, kind of like Soul Stone, the White um, Vision, and the Wonder Vision, and, and White Vision. Was 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 based upon reason rather than force. So they start fighting, but within a second they just start talking to each other, and that's how they resolve it. And 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 you know, Wonder Wonder Vision's boom boom Wonder Vision's gift to White Vision is unlocking all his memories and giving him his whole memory and sense of self back. I thought that was beautiful, and I, I really loved the way that for a minute his kind of like. You know, kind of his his generation circuit becomes you know soulstone coloured as he yes. gets everything back, and then his eyes turn from being an automaton back to the eyes of the character, and he's like, "Ah, oh, wow, okay, now I know who I am. That? I am Vision." Yeah. Kind of gave him his humanity. Where did he go after? Yeah. He fucked off. Uh, well, I'm That's I'm really thing. hoping that what he did, he's he just flew over to Sword headquarters, waited for you know for the for the Sword dude arrested to turn up in chains. It just doesn't make and sense. Just to tore me. him apart. If you he know, gets all his memories back. Then, if he gets all his memories back, then they they had concluded by the whole story of the ship and replacing the planks and the, rotted out, and eventually the, all the planks have been replaced and blah blah blah. We and we, they had this whole kind of. I don't know. It was an overdone conversation, <laughs> but it was a it was a needed conversation to try to explain the mindset of both of them. Well, it, it made but, sense, and all like I liked that they kind of brought that into the into the story to kind of explain, like yeah, you know, yeah, they they needed something to explain what was going on. But he gets all his memories back. Why isn't White Vision at the house? When I'm, I'm, when they go through, because to me, if I get all my vi- if I get all my memories back and I am Vision, he's not going to have the memories of the children, so he's not going to have that emotional tie there. But his emotional tie to Wanda is going to be there. And why isn't Meta Vision having an emotional tie to the children? Because if my kid was in that room and was going to go into oblivion, I am not going to be downstairs with with whoever is downstairs, but be it the mom or not. I'm going to be with those kids. And it didn't make sense to me that he spends his last moments hanging out with Wanda. He should be with the kids. And why isn't White Vision, who has all the memories, who is in love with Wanda, not there with her during that time because she's losing her whole family 
And I didn't understand why that didn't happen. I was, I was, I was floored. I was like, wait a minute. There's a huge emotional so, component here that's not. I, I, I've got theories on both of those things, but I think you do as well, Casey. You do your well, theories, okay. mate. No, so he's ostensibly, you know, a child's mind in the body of a man, white vision, and uh, he he gets all that knowledge. What did you do when you had the child's mind in the body of a man, and you first discovered the internet? <coughs> that's exactly what he's doing. I didn't take it that way, though. I took it that he got all his yes. memory back. Yeah, he's flown away to masturbate solidly <laughs> for a month. It's, it's, so it's the vision just on top of a mountain in like Switzerland, just jerking off constantly <laughs> with all this white vision jizz, like spraying over the mountains like snow. Oh, and, you know, it's like we've got an unusually like it's even though it's even though it's spring, and there's snow the everywhere in Switzerland. To the new the MCU. <laughs> no, but I take it that way. I took it that he is vision, that all his memories are back, and he has become the vision of old. So so my theory, even though I would love him to be, for want of a better description, the jision. Yeah, the jision, like uh, <laughs> just dispensing loads of like like soul stone jism everywhere you see. Like my my view is actually what has happened. Is that it, it, I think I think it's very close to what you're saying, Casey. I think he's got all the visions, memories back, but yeah. it's the nature versus nurture debate, right? Exactly. It's one thing getting all the memories back; he's got them, but the vision has grown emotionally, which is about living through that life, not just being aware of it. Has grown emotionally over four years, so he's come to have those emotions and come to the point where he can cry because he's lived through it. It's not just that he technically remembers it. And I think the issue with white vision, or the way I'm choosing to look at it right now, is that with white vision, he's got all the memories back, but what you can't give him is the emotional resonance of those memories. Yeah, but that's, so yeah, he, he's still an automaton, yeah, but he knows everything, but he can't feel it because he's got to live it to feel it. I see, and, but, and well, as but that's the thing though, is that that is the vision. He's only white because of the manipulation of the government. That is, and they blocked those memories from being a part of he, his brain. Those he did live through. Ah, but that. They, they just he all the no, all no, the no. metavision did is unblock <clears throat> the, the, the 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 firewall within his mind that wasn't allowing him to 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 access. When we say memory, it's not like they're they're memories of another vision that were downloaded into his head. They were already there. He did experience all that. They just blo mentally blocked everything from him having access to it. So but, I but I think you've I Kenrick, I think you've hit the nail on the head completely there. He's been clinically rebuilt by the government, right? Rebuilt by S.W.O.R.D. in a laboratory scenario. But, of course, he wasn't created that way. He, it, it, the reality is he was created as a mix between the work that Stark yeah. and Banner did, yeah, and the, of the Jarvis animus and persona, and of the Soul Stone, which they had in there, and of Thor's hammer. So he's like at least 50% all this mystical energy, and he kind of built himself. Yeah. This version of the vision has been built in a fucking laboratory, right? You know, is is much more a work of like, you know, actually human scientific building and circuits. And I, I my that's why I think even though he's got all these memories, the way they're being processed is it, there's much there's much less elementality within this version of the vision. This version of the vision is much more like a fucking android, which is not to say he can't learn how to be what he was. But he's not that right now, if that makes yeah. sense. I agree. 
that that's how I think about it. And to talk about your 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 thing about how could you have these boys? This is wonder vision. How yeah. could you have these boys but choose to spend your last moments with your wife? I, I think I think the reason for that is if you look back over the show because I was thinking of it of exactly that point myself. The boys are mainly a construct of wonder, yeah? yeah, and they're a construct that she has created them, yeah, and he is their father for sure, yeah. But for him, the primary emotion, you know, his through line on emotion is his love for her. So normally, if you have a biological child, you know what happens with a lot of people, not everybody, but with a lot of people, is that becomes the primary love of your life, right? And then your partner becomes the almost but not quite equal version of that, which is why so many people will sacrifice themselves for the for the betterment of their own children, right? Throughout history, yeah. But but actually, it's wonder he feels that connection because she created them. For vision, they were created in front of him, right? Which is a slightly different thing. He didn't yeah. create them, but yeah. but he yeah. exists because she created him, and her love for him created him. So in that moment where he knows he's got it, and he's moved by the fact that the boys are going. Don't get me wrong; he doesn't. It's not like he doesn't give a fuck. But in that moment, what's created him is is wonder and her love for him, and so his final moment kind of has to be with her emotionally. That's how I looked at that. That's how it kind of makes sense. It would be different if he was their biological father or he had created those children. It would be a different deal. But I think he's seeing them through a prism of her. And so his primary connection is with her. And I think that's why their final moment is with each other rather than classed in a family environment, if that makes sense. Mostly vested into the show. I didn't want it that way. You know, yeah. Yeah. But it's not hard to tell. So I don't get that choice. Yeah, no, that's weird watching it. Like, oh, that's like I I just know how I would react. Like, I have a seven-year-old and she's adopted. Yeah. Okay. I would still feel the need to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. No, no, no. I have to be there. That's no. There's no if and buts about it. So it's just it was a weird experience watching it. No, mate, I, I, I really do get that. I, you know, we're all like, we've all, we're all family men, right? We've all got our kids and whatnot. Johnny, what do you think? I, I, I think you, you nailed it there with the, with the kind of why he was down with there. Because ultimately, yeah. like, it's not vision, right? It's a construct of Wanda. Of Wanda and it kind of would be that he's going to be with her because he was created out of her. It's like the kids were. I don't understand ultimately why she wasn't in the room with the kids because they, she would have that connection with them. I don't know why she would, you would put them to bed to let them disappear by themselves. I I would, I would expect, you know, if, if well, like would be in the room with you, them, you would just write it out to, all together. And I think that the last scene of when vision disappears uh, in front of her, he says, you know, I, I love you or bye or whatever he says, that would have been more powerful. <laughs> had the kids also been there. Yeah. Right? They all were just in that huddle together. Casey. That's, got yeah, that's another aspect of, to think about it that way too. Like, it was, it was just a weird it was just a, it was a weird scene and, and I think Andrew's explained it really well of what, like he must've been in the writer's room when they're deciding how to do this, because I think he kind of nailed it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. In spirit. It, it'll be in the, spirit for the sure. Do you know what I mean? I got kicked out of the writer's room after my Jizz theory though. The show they just weren't going for that. Episode, oh, but it makes complete I sense. That he's just going to be whacking off constant. No, no, no. One and he's, you know, he's tireless because he's an Android. He's just going to be pleasuring himself for months. When we release the audio, we're totally putting What I was going to say is, linear time hasn't really been 
a thing for them. I mean, not day by day by day. They've gone through decades of change and growth in the span of a few days. So the attachment that you have, you love over time, you gain trust over time, you gain all this stuff over time. And of course, you're going to love your kid, but the, the idea of them knowing their children right away when they were just like, they just showed up out of the ether. That was one thing that kind of I've been thinking about. And so, yeah, of course, they're going to feel that loss, but it was just ostensibly over the span of a few days. So they, they didn't really get to know them. I still don't know if I like my kids. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love them. They're, they're the light of my life, but <laughs> she'll, she'll agree. But yeah. they set up times with, they, they set up knowing it's on your wife, man. for her to have time where she, she, she showed great emotion. Yeah, she about turned into a mama bear. You know what I mean? A lot of the, like they, sorry guys, they kept showing like, Hey, we got a, we, we want to show this emotional connection between son and mom. <laughs> and they did it over and over again. And they showed, and she had expressions of love. Speaking, speaking of family moments, I have to drive my wife to, to get moment. her second then, COVID shot. So I'm going to go ahead. Like, I think and, Johnny kind of nailed it. Like I, it should have been that. a family be moment of them and, disappear more than easy. let's shut the door. I don't want to, I don't want to see these two snot heads when they disappear. Cause I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear them complaining about being, you know, obliterated. So I'm just going to go downstairs. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Okay. Priorities. Okay, now yeah. that Casey's gone, Casey's <laughs> yeah, out of here. Let's talk shit about him. No, no, I think I think that it's I don't know. I, I love the kids. I I, I well, kind of jumping to the end end of the episode, the, the my the final final scene in the in the cabin where you know Wanda's essence is basically going through the dark hold. Did you guys hear the kids? Yes, absolutely. Right at the end, yeah, for sure. Which tells me the kids aren't actually gone, and she's trying to find them. Or it's somebody using the voices of the kids to manipulate her. I think the I think if it's manipulation of the kids, or I think if the kids don't really exist somewhere, it's going to be a huge misstep for Marvel because having those two characters really lets them set up the next round of Avengers, right? Having Wicked and Speed lets them build up the new Avengers, the young Avengers, I mean. And they're just fun characters. I think that I, I kind of lead, lead into our 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 top our, our conversation of, of this show and where it's going with multi with Madness Multiverse is that she's going to be trying to find those kids and it's going to be the, the catalyst of what Dr. Strange has to come into. But it's it's going to be interesting because, you know, is is she going to be the bad guy of that movie because of the end of this movie? Because the, the very, very end of this movie, yeah, yeah. There is a movie that, oh, Jack, Jack's coming to say hi. Say hi, Jack. All right. Hey, uh, Jack. <laughs> but I'm on a thing. Yeah. But he, I think it's going to be that she's trying to find the kids. Oh, and a Jack. <laughs> you know, it's, I lost my train of thought now. But anyway, I think that I, I think I think the kids are going to come back. I don't think it's somebody trying to fuck with her with the kids. I think it's actually she's looking through the dark hole. Yeah, hole and- yeah, to find somewhere in the multiverse where those kids exist so she can take them. Right. The inter- um, so, so I think I said this already, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time re- repeating myself, but I, I so I've, I've loved this show from start to finish. There have been bits of it that haven't resonated with me too much. Yeah. And and like selves, I'm a devoted father. My kids are both adults now. And uh, far and away, you know, the most important things in my life. That said, 
I couldn't stand those kids in in uh, one division, and I just wanted them <laughs> to get fucking horribly killed or something, you know, sort of half the way through. And every time they're on screen, I was like, oh, "Fuck, not these kids again." Jesus Christ. Uh, and I just really struggled with it. I just couldn't connect to them at all. They had no emotional resonance for me. Yeah. And and because the thing is, child actors, it's a tough gig being a child actor because there have been a handful who have been instinctively very good over the years. Like you see Jodie Foster when she's young, yeah, when she's in the TV version of Paper Moon, when she's in Taxi, Taxi Driver, she's fully formed as an amazing performer, right? Yeah. If you see in the original Paper Moon movie, if you haven't seen it, one of the greatest performances you're ever going to see by like a preteen person is, is oh God, what's her name? Hang on. Tatum O'Neill in Paper Moon. She is incredible, right? She's amazing. And there's a handful of other people over the years as well, right? But generally speaking, child actors, even though they might have it within them to be great one day, are generally not fully formed in terms of their performative ability. And so that was my issue with these two two guys. Like you know, the, there was a level of 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 there was a coached element about their performances. Like in this final episode, where they where they use their powers to triumph over the soldiers, and like and and he steals the the baseball cap from one of the soldiers and puts it on his head and takes his sunglasses. And is it Wiccan and Speed? That's what they're called. They turn up in front of each other and they high five each other. The reality is that looked very forced and coached. It didn't look like a natural acting moment. And yeah. in that moment, I was like, fuck these kids. They're taking me out the show again. Do you know what I mean? This is like watching some lame-ass fucking early 70s, like Croft Brothers show with that level of acting. And so I just couldn't buy into it, right? So that so that was my issue. So I'd never really felt it when they are on screen. And so when I heard their voice at the end, I was like, oh, no, we're not going to see these guys again, are we? I thought they'd gone for good, you know, so... I, I so think, that was my that was my thing. I don't think we'll see them as those kids again. I think if they when they find them, they're going to be older, right? They're going to be the teenager. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I think I've got to get a balance though, right? Because you know, my mate Lizzie Olsen is not that old, yeah. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, you can't have her with strapping like twenty year old sons. It's going to look weird, right? But you can if they're pulled out of the multiverse and they've been aged. I've got up, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then well, they aged up in like three days, anyway. So yeah. Because yeah. We're going to have Miss Marvel. We're, we're, they're interesting. A lot of younger characters that build up the new Avengers, right? The young, young, whatever you yeah. call them. And you know, they're they've already stated that they're they're, they're pushing towards that another next Avengers team, quote unquote. That's a younger crew. And it would make sense for them to pull out these characters from the multiverse somewhere where they are already, you know, in their teens. And that also that give them another dynamic against Wanda and against Vision because they're not necessarily their kids, but they are their kids. And they're also older than they would expect them to be. But well, the multiverse allows for the Doctor Who moment of a yeah. new doctor. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On. Well, I mean, that was like the greatest thing that Doctor Who the team ever did was have a way for them to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, and 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 by the way, you you know the way it worked with Doctor Who is originally uh, it was quite obvious that the original intention when he regenerated for the first time, what they were thinking of in their minds is he was regenerating to a younger version of himself. Yeah, and it was only when he went from Doctor Two to Doctor Three that it then became, oh, actually, he's a completely just different version every time. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Which and and you know, it's how that's how creativity evolves, right? We haven't touched upon one of my absolute favourite moments in the show, and which is very redolent of watching like a Blumhouse film or something. I loved the moment in the show when 
Wanda turns the tables on Agatha, right? Oh, yeah. And you realise, oh, wait a minute, Agatha has you in that moment where you think Agatha's got her, right? It's like in the Cincinnati kid, you know, I've got the man, I've got him. And then there's that there's that moment where she creeps up behind her yeah. and just feeds something into her ear. But it's shot in that stagger cut way that, you know, a lot of contemporary horror films are, right? So she just kind of appears and whispers in her ear. And yeah. it was genuinely creepy. Yeah. But in that moment, you know, oh, fuck. She's she's this is not she's not beaten she's she's got her beat and right. then they they did it again because they then they take you to the Salem witches thing to think oh my god she no that she, she's got her this time right. but she didn't she just has a beaten cold yeah and in in those five ten minutes of the show she's realised the enormity of the power she's dealing with and she's mastered it in those five to ten minutes and then she is that force to be reckoned with and then she's unbeatable. When do you think she was building those runes? When she was throwing the fireballs to the walls. Correct. I she think that's exactly what she was doing. She was meant to 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 misdirect you, thinking that she's firing at. That's right. Really. Yeah. And then she was. And, and that's what and that's what Agatha thinks yeah. is that they're being fired at her, and she's like winning, but she's casting those spells and just you know she's 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 already beaten. She doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And that moment of revelation. That's what I also thought was was great about Han's performances. Like, I, I mean, because I've generally preferred her preferred her performance in the more comedic episodes, which really plays into what she does really well, Catherine Han, right? Yeah. But there was that twist moment where she went from being, you know, the TV movie villain of the week character, Agatha Harkness, woo, with the big witch, to be like, oh fuck, I, I've totally been outclassed here. This person's way more dangerous than I thought she was. Yeah. I thought she was dangerous, but didn't know what she was doing. But she's learned what to do in like record time, just within the course of a conversation, you yeah. know. And then, it, and then that way, she's almost pleading not to have her kind of brain wiped and go back to being the asinine next door neighbor. And when when she says to Wanda, you know, you're not this, you're cruel. And there's the look on Wanda's face, which is. That's right. I'm fucking cruel. You know, she totally owned it as well. She's yeah. not like, no, no, no. You know, you, you're judging me too harshly. She has this gleeful, sadistic look on her face. Do you know what I mean? I like that aspect. Yeah. I hate it when they have characters that, because if if the role was reversed, and and Agnes or Agatha, I always get confused with Agnes and Agatha. Same person. Yeah, same person. When if they were reversed and she had Wanda down on her knees. And could make the decision to let her go or to kill her or to imprison her mind, she would just kill her. And and it yeah. wouldn't matter the type of begging that Wanda did. But then you and then you sure. reverse it, and then people will, well, you should show remorse because they're, you know, they, they you can clearly tell it. It's like, no, man, this is it, it, it's it, it's like the old adage of that whole revenge section of if I kill this guy and he has a son, then I gotta go and kill his son. Because the sun's going to come back and kill me, you know, and and you could take that on whatever level that you want. You can take it as a as a literal translation of that, or you need to make sure that you're in a position of these repercussions are going to get to this point and no for <clears throat> no point further. Excuse me. <clears throat> and I kind of like that Wanda was like, I'm no, you're not just going. I'm going to imprison you. You know what I mean? She could have killed her. But she did have a little bit of the uh, of of not remorse, but of sympathy 
because she didn't just take it all away, right? She said, yeah. "No, we're going to imprison you." Because and there's 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 a little there's a little two hands there going on, right? One, she's giving her a little bit of sympathy by just imprisoning her. I mean, I mean, look at her prison, right? Yeah, yeah, could be suburb hell, but it's not like she's in literal prison and not and can't do anything, you know. But the other time is if she killed her, she knows the experience and the knowledge that Agatha has. And she's like, now I, can, right. you know, I can go back and I can get these things from you because I've already, I'm already able to whip you like a dog. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I think that's what I, I, I think. I, that's I, it. I, I think Kendrick, that's I, it's exactly right, mate. Yeah, exactly right. Also, I think it's fascinating the whole dynamic of her with the town full of people. Cause on the one hand, Monica's going, they'll, ne- you'll, they'll never know what you did for them, which is give up your idyllic family life. So they could be, go back to normal again. Well, that's true. But also, you created that idyllic life and enslaved these people in the first place. Yeah. She hasn't really done anything particularly good. I can totally understand how that whole town full of people fucking hates her guts because they've been enslaved for a month. Anybody and subjected to subjected to her nightmares and and everything that's worried her has been worrying them. They haven't been able to escape it. They've been enslaved, so they're never going to like her or go like, "Well done." And right. by the way, I think this is something that again the Marvel universe does quite well. It has these not necessarily black and white iterations of what some of these characters do. And you flip back to a film that that's, has a lot of influence over this series, Age of Ultron. That's basically Stark in all his like super genius arrogance going, I'm going to save the world by putting a you know wall of armor around it. But what he does is create this fucking despotic robot that like kills hundreds of thousands of people. That's all on him. Yeah. And it's never really dealt with. And like, you know, Wonder to date has done the small version of that, which is like, I enslaved this entire town for a month just to make myself feel better. And I think part of where they may be going with her character, maybe, is that she's ultimately going to become a more damaged and malevolent force within the MCU than she is right now. Almost as if what she's done in one division is a trial run for the things that she's prepared to do in the future. Yeah, the house of M they're setting it up. And so if she thinks those fake, like, you know, those fake kids of hers are going to come back and be imperiled, the kids that she's created, that she's already been prepared to just take out the lives of like 200 people to fuel her own fantasy. It's like, what will she do next? If she thinks they're genuinely at some kind of risk, you know, that's when you open up the whole house of M door, you know, that whole like, you know, the whole the actions of a despot rather than somebody who's empath- empathic about other people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. So and, Andrew, you know, great power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yep. Sure. Andrew described his favorite moment of the, t- of this series season series finale. I keep, I keep wanting to say season. I'm going to on that. Johnny, what was your favorite moment of this last episode? Oh man, there's, there's so many, uh, we, we haven't even touched on some of the best moments of the show, but, my overall favorite moment would probably be the realization between in the air between Agatha and Wanda that Agatha is lost. Like when she first, the first time she goes, like when she puts her hands out to do a spell and nothing happens. And then at that moment, everything Wanda has been doing clicks and makes sense in that episode. That was your favorite visually. Maybe that's yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite moment. I did like, I also, I really, really, really enjoyed how the two visions ended their fight. I love the fact that it was a reasoning battle, not a physical yeah. battle. It made sense and it made it made the characters better, right? Because you would think these two people would be that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I, for me, it was. Uh, how about yeah? I was going to say, how about yourself, Kenrick? Yeah, for me, it was it, it was the end scene after the credits, where she's in a cabin, you know, way far away, out in the remote cabin, and you see her sitting down drinking. It must have been a, a it's tea. She's making some tea for herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she made some tea for herself, and then inside is it, it's like she's she's has two versions of herself. One well, it's more, almost like an astral projection of herself, yeah, right? And you she, know, where her brain's just doing this stuff. While studying she's that doing dark hole. When they show her studying that dark hole, it just looked so visually pleasing, you know. Yeah. And it just it looked amazing. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I, I think that's right. And uh, Kenrick, let me ask you, we've talked about those are highlights from the finale. If yeah. you look over the whole show, I'll give you mine and then you tell me what you think. What do you vote as, as a kind of your highlight moment? Actually, for me, I think probably the big sort of mic drop moment was I think it was in in issue in in episode four, where you start to see the world outside of the Westview fantasy world. Yeah, and I think that was a huge step change. And then I think, like the same episode in which both Jimmy Woo and Darcy turned up, I think their characters were beautifully portrayed in this series. Brilliant, uh, you know, and were both improved by it, actually. They, yeah, they, if 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 Disney does not step on that bandwagon and get a show for Randall Park and for. Uh, Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings. The amazing Kat Dennings and the yeah. amazing Randall Park. They could even do all three with Photon. Yeah. And have a three-person show. If they don't do that, I don't know what what to do. I think the mic drop moment for me really was the moment that the guy, that his vision's corporate boss comes for dinner and he starts choking. And the mom from that 70s show, I can't remember her name, so... That's how I'll say it because everybody will know exactly what I'm talking about. Starts telling him to stop it while she's laughing. And I think that for me was the moment that everything got, oh, okay, this is a different, this is different. You know, yeah. even though we had the whole TV show thing and we knew it was going to be kind of weird, that moment was so, so Twilight Zone ish that I was like, Oh, I'm really going to enjoy this. And I think it's, that was it, a turning point. It's that moment of unsettling darkness, yeah. like in, you know, whatever it's called, the famous Billy Mummy episode with the kid who can control the world around him, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was like that. It was like, wait a minute. These people are aware that some dark shit is going on, yep. you know, and you get that glimpse of, oh, they know that something's yep. up. Yep. You know, they're, they're just, you're yep. not seeing their natural reactions. Yeah. And I love it too, because that's when the whole concept of Mephisto, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys. It never materialized. Mephisto uh, never materialized. And nope. that's what you heard over and over and over again over the last like four weeks since about that episode. And I'm curious if they saw you saw the bug. You right? saw the bug and 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 old scratch scratchy on the on the bunny and and there there's a lot of things elements that go up to the and Disney, of course, and Faggy's crew never show their hands, so they were brilliant and not on laughing about it, which makes you think, oh, it could be. Nothing ever materialized. I think that's very, very much on purpose. You know, they they like to seed things in early, and you know they didn't need to reveal Mephisto in this show because they can know now. We know that he's probably there, and there's seeds for future things for him to come in. I, I Johnny, I, 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 I totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly right. Oh man, when you're saying that, you know, Kenry, you made me think of another thing that I, that I, 
I uh, I really liked this episode, but uh, just as I'm saying that, it's kind of oh I tell no we're not in the episode in the season. I think one of the absolute sheer unalloyed delights of the season was the Agatha all along reveal on that yeah. monster style theme tune that yeah. was which played totally into what Catherine Hans really good at doing. Uh, I think that was probably a, her high point in the entire show, and she's been like the best thing. One of the best things, because I don't think you can fault her, I don't think you can fault Paul Bettany, who, by the way, di- getting the vision right, that is tough, man. That yeah. is tough. Getting that performance so note perfect like he has. Often people look at Lizzie Olsen and look at Catherine Arnold and go, man, they, they are just standing out. But it doesn't work without him. You know, that, that line that he had, I think it was in last week's episode, about, you know, what is grief if it's not like love persevering? A, that's a beautifully written line by one of the female show showrunners, authors of the show, by the way. And it was so beautifully delivered. I think his performance has been amazing. And I think yeah. that's the thing you've got. Everybody's been great in the show, with the possible exception of the child actors. Sorry, child actors. <laughs> but I'm sure you're going to be good one day. But all the adults have been amazing, right? But the three of them, the three essential leads... Well, like Catherine Arnold, Lizzie Olsen, and Paul Bessie are just fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, obviously Randall Park, Kat Dennings, and the lady playing Monica, whose name escapes me for the time being, are all brilliant as well. You know, just really good. But the standard performance in this has been very, very high, I think. I agree. I agree. And we haven't even talked about uh, Monica Rambeau in this episode at all. And, like, the, the manifestation of her seeing her powers, and, like, the bullets go through her. And that was the – like, it, it was cool looking. It was freaking cool. And I'm like wondering what, where is she going? I mean, obviously she's going to be in uh, Captain Marvel too, right? That's her next, probably her next appearance. Yeah. Like, what are they, what are they going to do with her? Is she going to just, is she going to be fighting alongside Captain Marvel? Is she going to, I mean, we know that she's going up to the space station to, to see Fury is what they lose yeah. into this, but what's, what's going to come from that, right? Is, is Fury or the other scroll? Tayona Paris, by the way, that's her name. She's she's uh, a great actress, I think. Yeah, she's amazing. By the way, if you if you should if you if you're watching this, you should check her out on uh, social media. She's done a whole bunch of great like Instagram posts and and uh, Twitter posts, all tied into. So the, the, she did a whole one of her dancing around at home, at her kitchen unit to the uh, Agatha All Along song, which is nice. worth the price of admission alone. And and I I think one of the things that's great about Tayona Paris and great about Jimmy Woo, great, great about Randall Park, great about uh, Kat Dennings, is they all seem to be having such an amazing time doing the show. They seem to be genuinely enjoying That'd themselves, fun, yeah. both inside the moment, but also in on the like social media personas. They're really having fun with it. Which is yeah. good, yeah. yeah which I, I think is awesome. But I, I think there's undoubtedly, she's undoubtedly going to be involved in the next Captain Marvel because there's that huge like clue dropped in the first episode in which she appears that she has got some kind of a problem with Captain Marvel. Yeah. And remember when the other, that, 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 that some characters are mentioning them to her. Oh, Captain, yeah, no, is they're relating the story of how Captain Marvel almost beat Thanos, but didn't quite, the minute her name comes up, she just shuts up yeah. and has this funny look on her face, which I'm thinking is probably driven by, hey, you're this all powerful being, but my mum was dying of cancer. Why don't you come back to earth and have a word with her? Yeah. I'm imagining, you know, yeah, how come you're a best friend and yet I haven't seen you for the last 30 years? What's all that about? Yeah, It's going to be something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride. I'm, I'm excited to see where we go next. Next week, so everybody knows, we're going to have another show because we're going to go over the making of, right? Or is that the yeah, making right of? Yeah, right on. It's making of yeah. next Friday, yeah. 
which I'm hoping they bring that back. They, they used to do the making of all the time with movies. You know, like I remember watching the making of Star Wars and the making yeah, yeah. Predator and the making, and they don't do those as much as they used to. I've got a feeling that this feels to me like it's going to be a regular MCU yeah. on Disney Plus thing. And it's going to be one of the way they bridge from one series to the next, not to just smash straight in, but yeah. to have some kind of retrospective. They used to do it a lot in, in the UK with Doctor Who. It, when it was the Tennant and Smith Doctor Who, when it was his absolute international peak, they used to have a show called Doctor Who Confidential. Literally yeah. after each episode, half an hour talking about how they made the previous show. So I imagine this is the season ending version of that. And, you know, you, you, hopefully there'll be, it'll be worth watching and talking about because there'll be a few more revelations of, of what's yet to come. Yeah. David Tennant, just because he said his name is my favorite doctor. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. He's a great actor. Brilliant. Oh, good. I, oh, yeah. He's, he's a fantastic actor. Very, very talented. Hey, so thank you I, so much. I got a question for you guys. Oh, this was is there a any, move. No, well, I wasn't done. You're trying to end me. I'm not done yet. Uh, was there anything in this series or in this episode that besides the kids, Sumner, that you thought was a misstep? I don't really have anything to say apart from the kids thing. The kids, just because I didn't think the performances were there and they stood out because the other performances were so great. I, I think quite clearly for scheduling reasons, Kat Dennings we don't, doesn't appear very much. And clearly she shot all her scenes in a certain period of time. Personally, I would have, I, w- I think, so what I do think was a misstep. I no doubt there were scheduling reasons why it didn't happen. But when Monica goes to Jimmy Woo, like, where's Darcy? And it's like Darcy's already lit out because she thinks, you know, post-mortems are lame or whatever. Actually, I would have found it much more satisfying if just for a beat, if they'd been able to get, you know, Kat Dennings for another half day and and basically in that moment, it was Jimmy and Monica and Darcy talking to each other. I think that scene would have worked better for me. It still was good, but it was clearly, you know, if you watch enough TV or movies and you think, ah, oh, there's clearly a fucking scheduling issue. It's like clearly Kat Denning shot all their scenes yeah. in a brace. And that that last scene, you know, she she obviously filmed a bit, the insert with her, her driving the van, but that's the only time you see her in the episode. Yep. I just would have preferred, preferred to see her for yeah. another minute or so. Me too. And if it had closed out on her and Jimmy Woo sharing a laugh, I think that would have been more satisfying than just, oh, you know, you know, kind of being in charge looks good on you, Jimmy. Whereas Darcy, oh, she's fucked up. I yeah. think it would have been much better if, if Darcy was just there going, doesn't it? This guy's the man. Do you know what I mean? Or some, you know, do you know what? I'd love to solve a few unexplained, like mysterious crimes with you, Jimmy. You know, <laughs> and if it had ended in that kind of way, I would have been, yeah, okay, that's where it's at. So that's my answer, Johnny. How about you? So for me, while well, I'm torn, right? Because I, I, while, while I, it, what I'm going to say is, well, one, I, I like the fact they went this route. I also don't like the fact they went this route, and that's with Quicksilver and, and Ralph Boner. Is, oh yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Oh, yeah, right. Got yeah. it. Yeah, like I like the fact that they totally fucking hid that from us, and we, I mean, every week we were wrong. We were hardcore wrong on his character every single week, and then the reveal, the reveal that he's actually Ralph Boner, who's the Ralph that Agnes is talking about all the time was a really good reveal, but I also, and I also feel like they just wasted this Evan Peters and this character of a, of a kind of a throwaway guy in WandaVision. This is what I was going to say. But like, is can't, but the, the, I guess that doesn't stop him from coming back as, as Quicksilver at all, which I want, him, I really, really want him to come back. So 
mine is not really a misstep. It's more of a, a, a missed expectations of what I thought was going to happen. But I mean, as this show's done all season long, every time we think we know something, it's like, nope, you know, you don't know shit. It's over here. It's over here. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. And I, I would describe that as the, as the Ben Kingsley Mandarin moment of this yep. show. Do you know what I mean? And the thing that's important to remember about the Ben Kingsley Mandarin moment is ultimately they just unpicked it. Yeah. Cause you remember one of, one of the, when they used to do the shorts, which they don't do anymore, when they used to do the shorts, one of those shorts completely deconstructs the whole thing about, oh, the Mandarin's not real. Right. And they have that whole thing where he's being interviewed, but then he gets captured by the real Mandarin, right. you know, and that that's where it ends on that note. So, you know, I mean, that they have got previous for going back in and yeah. changing things, you know, but they clearly were doing the Ben Kingsley Mandarin maneuver for, for, for that, for sure. Owner, which is a they never, they never great thing with the, with that whole Mandarin thing, because it was like, you, you thought they were setting something up big and nothing. Well, well, I, I actually think uh, all of the reasons for that is I think the Mandarin is very, very, very tricky to do, you know, in the present day for the same reason that we were talking about Jimmy Woo and the fact that he first appeared in the Yellow Claw. And you won't see any Yellow Claw com- comics these days because it's the whole kind of yellow peril villain thing, yeah. and, which is what the Mandarin is. And in today's enlightened world, quite rightly, you can't really have these kind of, you know, huge, huge racial caricatures as bad guys. Do you know what I mean? So I think the Mandarin's very, very tricky. Even if you take the caricature out of it, it's very tricky oh. to do properly. I mean, they they're, they're probably... They yeah, sorry, John. Oh, they are making Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings, which the Ten Rings yeah. is Mandarin. Yes. So, they so I guess, you know, but I mean, quite clearly, I mean, I'm guessing, but... I would, I, I'd be fucking flat out amazed if Shang Chi is actually, you know, the lost son of Fu Manchu in in right. this movie. I mean, I'm pretty fucking certain that's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I highly doubt that. But you know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly because we are going to get some version of the Mandarin again in that movie. I assume because it is, you yeah. know, they had doing the Ten Rings there. But is it's gonna? I assume it's gonna be very different than the comics. Very different than the than it what just has to be, mate. It has to be. But also, they've had five years to think about that and get it right, and to involve the right kind of people on the creative end, so that it's 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 a much more credible deal, right? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I you agree. Know? And and the template for doing these things right and doing them the right way and doing them in in a contemporaneous way is what they did with black Panther, you know? Yeah. So, so that they, they got a team of people, you know, to, to adapt black Panther for whom their life experience is a big part of what that movie became. And no doubt that I would imagine that's what they're doing with Shang-Chi. Yep. Yep. Kenry, do you have anything that was missed up? No, I, the Ralph Boner thing was, was, was on my mind that, you know, yeah. I, I to be honest, I hated it. I, that yeah. was the one part of the show that I hated. I hated that it was just it was nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It just really, I, it was. I wanted him to be weird about it, but it was so disheartening. Bad. Yeah, in a lot of yeah. ways, I was like, "Really? That's what you're going to do with that? What?" And then the way that he's, you know, she just photon just defeats him right away, for the most part. Once they actually start doing anything, yeah. and then uh, he's just. I don't know. I, I was just really disappointed. I was really yeah. disappointed on that spot. Well, I think we all really wanted him to be Quicksilver from the X Men universe. Why do you have to have yeah, yeah. Peters be that person? Then it could have yeah. literally been anybody to do that. You know, it would have been more. It, you could have you could have brought back the actor that played Quicksilver in the Avengers. Yeah, 
you know, and, and, and you could have done that and it made more sense, but you got, uh, I don't know. I think with, with the anticipation of the X-Men and mutants coming into the Marvel universe and they're choosing to do fantastic four, which I think is a fucking mistake. I think that's the worst mistake that they're making that I've seen so far because nobody my age and younger cares about the Fantastic Four. Nobody does, okay? Because even anybody who's reading comic books in the 80s really doesn't care about the Fantastic Four. People who grew up on the Fantastic Four, read the Fantastic Four in the 60s, they care about what's happening. You know, they cared about that. But that's that's a group of people that are not going to be watching your movies over and over and over again. And going yeah. to theaters a bunch of times. I, I agree with you there. However, and it's weird. I, given the Marvel, uh, given the MCU's track record of taking things that nobody gives a shit about and making them good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, right. they made Guardians of the Galaxy cool, relevant. Guardians of the Galaxy was a sh- no, no offense to the creators, but it was a boring ass comic. Right. Like there was some cool stuff in it. I, I remember totally reading it as a kid. It. Yeah, I remember getting them as a kid, and like it was so ridiculous. I read them like, oh, this is this is fun, whatever. But I didn't care about them at all. Indeed. I didn't care about Captain America. I didn't care about Thor. Yeah. I didn't care about Iron Man. But uh, now they've made them relate, like I said, relatable and enjoyable. So I, while I agree with you on everything you just said about that past before, I don't, I don't care about that the, that storyline. Yeah, I have full faith that they're going to do something that's going to make me go, hey, I, I like these now. Yeah, I know they're going to do it right. You know what I mean? I know they're going to make it to where you're going to love the Fantastic Four because that's the one thing the MCU has learned, has proven that they can make you care about. Just like you were talking about with Galaxy of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy and all that kind of stuff. I just think when you have the mutants and the X-Men sitting right there, why you choose to do the Fantastic Four over the X-Men just boggles my mind. Yep. Yep. You know, so, and maybe they're, uh, just, they're settings for something up later, but I just I well, don't. D- d- the only answer I could give it is is that the Fantastic Four has been done in a mediocre way and in a very bad way. It's never been done brilliantly, right? Yeah. Whereas there are very good X Men movies. You know, yeah. I mean, days of two two is really good. Days of Future Past is good. Logan's really good. You know, and and that that there and actually First Class is very good. So you know there are at least there are at least four great X Men movies, and and so I think may I would imagine that Fagin and Co, uh, Luis Desposito, all those guys, where they're going is shit. We were Marvel. We should be able to make a great Fantastic Four movie and fix all the problems. Yeah. So I think for them that's a much bigger win because they go from mediocrity at best and and something's just a total mistake at worst. Well, and going here we go. But I think it's going to be tough for them to get right i think it's tough for uh, the ff to work in the modern era do you know what i mean x-men right and they can get the mutants right then if they flop on fantastic four it's not such a big hit if they, if fantastic four flops now that's going to be a huge hit that's going to be a huge dent yeah well we'll have to see i mean we'll have to see we it's it's i think they're gonna i think it'll be fine i, I really hope that they introduce the characters before the movie well I mean, the teaser trailers look fantastic yeah, yeah. I hope we get to see Reed or Johnny or somebody in another movie or property before that movie to see them into the universe. But either way, I mean, it, I, it's going to be interesting. Well, Krasinski is going to be an amazing Mr. Reed. It, it's, are they really going to cast him? Cause he would be fantastic. If he plays okay. Reed Richards. Don't they already have a teaser trailer? Or did I see a, no, no, that's fake. Not a real, not not a real, real one. Oh, real. I hate the fan made stuff yeah. 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 right now. I hate it. I yeah. fucking hate it. Because I see it, and, and, and the fact that people can take Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro or all these other things and take their, and, and take their Sony A7s and, and visually create these amazing things 
and then put it out there. And then I'm like, I'm excited. And then, oh, it's fan made. Fuck you. <laughs> Somebody did a really good one over the last week for, for, for a, a new version of Miami Vice. The thing has but but with all the characters, you know, as they are now. Uh, and it was but it was so well done. I was like, holy fuck, they're bring Miami Vice. Oh no, this is this isn't real. Oh it, this isn't fucking real. This is nonsense. I mean, I should say kudos to those guys because the people who are doing some of that fan fiction or that oh, it's so good. Um, it really I mean it's so good. It's like somebody did one with uh with did a Spider-Man trailer with Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield in as well. Yeah. I, I almost had me, but it's like the thing that gives them away always is who's posting it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's always some fucking numb nuts. It's not like yeah. Marvel Entertainment. Right. It's not but, like NBC. Honestly, you know what I mean? I, I, when, when, when a trailer drops, I won't watch the Kino or the Screen Rants or I, I go to Warner. I go yeah. to Disney. You've got to, yeah. Go to I, Disney, you know, have to, yeah. Yeah, I don't go to any of these guys that are reposting it. One, I just think that's, I, I just, I don't like it, you know. And two, I, 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 I want to know that what I'm watching is legitimate. And it's yeah. because I've been burned by this so many times. It drives me nuts. Even though I got to give it to him because. Yeah. 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 Last question for you guys. And then you can wrap up, Kendrick. I'll be done. We had. Okay. (laughs) We had a great ride on this, on this season, you know, of WandaVision each week of us talking to it and all this speculation. Do you think we'll have the same kind of ride with winter soldier or fuck winter soldier? Yes. Uh, What's your answer, Kendrick? I, I, I think that I think we'll have a different, it won't be as visceral. I think WandaVision was very visual. I think it was very, you have some emotion tied to it. I, I think we're going to be excited for Winter Soldier like we're excited for a new Lethal Weapon to come out. You know, yeah. And when Lethal Weapon 2 came out, people were, couldn't wait for that movie to come out because Lethal Weapon was so good. And, you know, Mel Gibson aside and all that kind of yeah. crap. I mean, well, but Mel Gibson back then in the moment, you don't oh. know what's coming in the future. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I just think that he that I, I think that's what I think Winter Soldier and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be more like that. I think we'll be excited. I think we'll be talking about it. I just I don't think it's not going to have the mystery twist and turns like Wandavision. Yeah, uh, my my answer would be that I actually can't wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I bet we easily fill an hour at least oh, yeah. talking about that <laughs> stuff, and primarily for two reasons, right? Number one, just talk about Wandavision. Wandavision has been an amazing ride, and I've really enjoyed you know, talking to you boys about it. And I really appreciate you bringing up me on from episode four or whenever it was, because I really enjoyed it. Right. Uh, but here's the thing. One division is a show I have loved about two Marvel characters who are towards the low end of my interest. You know, I'm not particularly a Scarlet Witch fan. I'm yeah. not particularly a fan of the vision. Not really. I mean, I've loved the vision in the movies and what they've done with him, but I don't really care about those characters too much. Yeah. But this portrayal, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany's portrayal of those two characters made me really interested in them, right? And that, to me, is kudos to MCU, kudos to Faye Esposito, all those guys. You know, they've just done a great job of making me care about two characters that were at the low end of my Marvel interest. 
I don't know what Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be like, but I do know that Falcon and Winter Soldier are at the absolute maximum upper end of my Marvel interest. They're two characters that I fucking love from oh. comics that I absolutely fucking love and are my favourite Marvel comics ever. So it will take, you know, it would have to be spectacularly bad, ill-imagined and poorly <laughs> delivered for me to be going, ah, oh, shit, I've got nothing to say about this. I'm sure that's not going to be the case because yeah. my brain's full of like, you know, sort of 80 years of Captain America history. And while there was a long period of time when I didn't read any Captain America because the execution was nowhere near as good as the character, right? That's from about 2000 onwards, once you get the Brubaker era of Captain America, that's amazing comics and that's what all this shit is based on. So I just can't wait to see what they've taken from those comics and what they've innovated and what they're doing with it. And already that lethal weapon-esque nature of of Bucky and and Sam's relationship that just looks amazing to me. Yeah, and yeah. they've really lent hard into the charisma of those two actors, who are amazingly charismatic actors. Yeah, I think two two of the best supporting players in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah. So for them to have the whole show wrapped around them, that's fucking brilliant. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Sebastian Stan as as the Winter Soldier is brilliant. The guy is just yeah. fun. And, and Anthony Mackie is a naturally funny bloke. Yeah. Did you ever watch him in any of the outtakes? With the, or, or, loads of the Marvel outtakes are wrapped around him because he's so naturally funny. Yeah. With all that, he finishes a scene and he goes, right, that's it. Cut the check. You know, <laughs> yeah. And he, he does that time and time again. <laughs> you know, Sebastian Stan looks a lot like uh, Mark Hamill when he was young. Yeah. Well, he does. He looks a hell of a lot like Mark Hamill after his road accident. Yeah. He doesn't look a lot like Mark Hamill in Star Wars you know, the, you know, new hope. But they but look post 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 facial reconstruction. Mark Hamill. He looks fucking exactly like him. It's yeah. weird. You see the side by side of them. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. God. And that's a whole other thing, by the way. It's fascinating. Look at Hamill's original face in one, or rather four compared to what it was in everything else. His face is fundamentally different. You know, just after he shot that movie, Corvette Summary, he had a massive like, car crash. Yeah. And his, his, his appearance is actually completely different. It's very weird. It's very weird. I don't know what's going on with Johnny. All of a sudden, he's gone. I'll tell you what, I love that headshot, though. I, I bet I bet the vision would love that headshot, would find it very fascinating. He, he's got the out-of-focus background. He's got the... Yeah. Got oh, the, now that's definitely portrait mode. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, Absolutely. It, this is corporate. That, 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 that's John Horsley III running for Senate. Exactly. <laughs> if you vote for me, I promise. Yeah. Hot meal in every belly and, a, and taxes going down by at least 5%. <laughs> yeah. This YouTube video was produced by citizen supportive John John Horsley III for Senator, JH3. Are you, is he back? No. I don't know. Uh, you know what John normally does? You normally, you normally actually messages on FB. Yeah. So I'm just going to see if he sent us a message. I bet he has. Oh, yeah. He says, go ahead, wrap up. I've had to shut off my cam for a second. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, we do, okay. Need to, we do need to wrap up. It's, it's, it's come to that time. Yeah. Summer, I very much appreciate you joining again. We'll see you next week here. At Make mine Marvel TV. And I very much appreciate you inviting me, Kenrick, and 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 John inviting me. And I've I've really enjoyed all of these. They've been great. Yeah, it's something to look forward to on my Friday night, on my Saturday night rather, after I've gone for a long walk, and I've after I've had several pints and and uh, or several large whiskey and gingers, which I've actually got none left. Oh, nice! It was delicious though. It's very good. Rye whiskey, actually, rye whiskey and ginger. It's the way forward. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week.
Yeah, see you next week, brother. You take care of yourself. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, (laughs) I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out SpoilerVerse.com because at SpoilerVerse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. I like it though. <laughs> it's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and Oh my God! Are you a lover of comic books like we are? And then there's so many, so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com, and I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms, and Funny Book Forensics, and Haphazard Adventures, and Nerds in the Crypt, and so many more. Misery Point Radio episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out, and. Check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Spoilerverse.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. You want to help support the site? You can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, Or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind. And... Even one.